We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to the Core on American Family Radio. Glad to have you with us today on the show. AFA at the Core. I'm Walker Wildman. So glad to be with you today on the show. AFR.net is our website. AFR.net is our website. And as as should be expected, that's the place we want you to go. You know, I can give you my Facebook page name. I can give you my Twitter handle. I can send you to all these other platforms. But why would I do that? Well, I do it every day. But first, I always mention AFR.net. That's our website. We own, we manage, we publish the show there, and you can go there, of course, for free, and uh, go ahead and listen to previous shows or listen to today's show if you're not able to listen to it live in its entirety. We also have a mobile application that we built, that we manage, that we have published on multiple application or mobile application, mobile app platforms, whether it be Apple, Android, etc., Roku, Apple TV, even Apple CarPlay. We have the AFR app out there on a plethora, uh, to expand my vocabulary, a plethora of mobile application platforms. So go out there, where whatever kind of device you have, whatever kind of tablet you have, and uh, search for the AFR app, and chances are that you'll find the AFR app wherever you search or download. That's the second way to keep up with the show. And, of course, we do have a Facebook page, AFA at the Core on Facebook. We have a show page there. We live stream the video there, and we publish uh, the podcast and other information there on that page. Well, I want you to – I want to tip you off to something for later this week, later this week being probably tomorrow, maybe Friday. But I just finished a blog – and here's here's the headline of the blog, or here's the title of the article, here's the topic discussed. Should abortion be permitted under any circumstance? Should abortion be permitted under any circumstance? That's the question I answer in this latest blog that I'm working on now, and we'll have it for you in its entirety uh, tomorrow or Friday at the latest. So stay tuned for that. You're not going to want to miss it. And uh, the good thing is I don't beat around the bush. I don't leave unanswered questions lingering. I actually answer all the questions. I answer the primary question, should abortion be permitted under any circumstance? That's the question that I objectively biblically answer in that blog. So stay on the lookout for that. I'll bring it to you on the show tomorrow or Friday. Well, we are praising God this week for uh, what he's done through our court system. 
And this is a proper response, folks. This is a proper response. You got a lot of haters out there, even in the Christian community, that say, well, this is no time to to be thankful. This is no time to uh, be praising God. This is a time of whatever they fill in the blank. But the, the, that, that comes from an improper understanding of Scripture and what the Christian's response should be to good news. So we are celebrating. Yes, it's okay for Christians to celebrate things. What should we celebrate? We should celebrate that which God celebrates. All right, so we do have a basis for our celebration. And so this week at American Family Association, and specifically today, we are calling on the public. We are calling on our audience here. Um, to spend today, Wednesday, June 29th, to spend today uh, in a day of praise, as a day of praise to God for um, the recent legal victories that are going to alter and transform this culture that we live in. So let's praise God for the recent uh, Supreme Court victories. And, um, you know, anybody out here that says, why are we celebrating over just a little legal ruling, folks? That also don't that also not only comes from an improper understanding of Scripture, but it also comes from a very, let me say this nicely, a very ill-informed person, all right, that doesn't understand the gravity of the situation, that doesn't understand the gravity and the weight behind where we are in this country as it relates to religious freedom and the sanctity of human life. God instituted government. When government does what is righteous in the eyes of God, God's people should celebrate. That There's no parsing that. There's no but. There's no caveats. When government, which was instituted, is instituted, and, and, and authorized by God himself, when the institution of government does and promotes that which is righteous in God's eyes, that should be celebrated. So when the Supreme Court tells states around the country that you can protect babies from conception until they're born, that is a righteous ruling, and states are doing righteous things by outlawing the horrific evil act of abortion. So, yes, Christians should be celebratory. They should be joyful. And the fact that innocent babies created in the image of God are being saved by the thousands now each week in this country. That, if anything, that is worth celebrating uh, this week. So that's what we're going to do uh, this uh, today on American Family Radio. Hey, Jeremiah 1.5, let me read our scripture for the week. We we jumped out of Psalms for a week in light of the circumstance, and let me read Jeremiah 1.5 for you. Uh, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to 
the nations. That answers the fundamental question, when does human life begin? The book of Jeremiah says, before you were born, I set you apart. Human life has inherent value from conception to natural death, and that's what we're going to stand by here on the core. Well, let's uh, let's enter a time of prayer um, at the end of this segment as we close it out. Let's enter a time of prayer and thanksgiving. But in the meantime, I do want to continue this topic of life, and I want to play a clip here that um, was heard on The View, ABC's The View show. <laughs> No, I don't watch it on a regular basis, but I do come across clips of The View. And this is one of their hosts, uh, one of their legal analysts and host, co-host, Sonny Hostin. She said on Monday, on, on the Monday's episode or version of The View, that she's personally pro-life, uh, but the law shouldn't be based on her views or her faith or the Catholic faith or any other faith. Let's listen to clip three. You know, um, and, and I think our viewers know this, um, I don't believe in abortion um, at any time. I don't believe in any exception to it. Um, I don't believe it. No. Even incest? No, I don't. I don't. And, 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 and that's considered very radical in, in, uh, for many people. And it's because I'm Catholic and that's my faith. Um, and, you know, the justices, there are six Catholics on the bench. Um, and there will be two Protestants, because uh, the newest justice, Katanji uh, Brown-Jackson, is Protestant, and there'll be one person of Jewish faith. Um, and so this has always been a very difficult discussion for me. But what is not difficult for me is the fact that this is an activist Supreme Court, and they should not be deciding the law based on their faith. Eek. That is completely wrong. Thank you, Bobby. That is completely wrong. And I tried to do it, but Bobby does it better. That's the buzzer to let the audience know that was a wrong answer. Let's play this out. Laws, according to one of the View co-hosts, Sonny Hostin, that's who you heard there, According to her, no law in the world, because this is not just affecting America, all right? Let's apply this to other nations, because America is not the only nation in the world. No law in the world can have any connectivity or association with someone's religious beliefs. Meaning... The lawmakers, the law enforcers, judges, etc., etc., they cannot, should not use their faith to, prom- to, to drive their decision-making as it relates to the making and the executing of laws. Do we really want to go there? You know what that's called? That's called humanism. That's called humanism, where you tell God, our creator, our sustainer, the institutor of government, tell him that he has no place in the very institution that he ordained. 
So so then who's gonna who's gonna say what's good, what's bad, what should be law, what should be not? Well, she'll say, well, the people, the people, the voters, the government officials. Okay, but where are they getting their rules from? Where are they getting their opinions from? Well, right, exactly. There's no good answer. Except to say, and this is where it leads, folks. This, When you tell God to get out of government, which he ordained, it's like telling God to get out of the church. There's no church without God. There's no government without God. But you tell God to take a hike, which is rebellion. And then you come up with laws based on your own personal opinion that has no rooting in reality, in fundamental truth. All right? And this is where you get the folks who say there is no set truth. It's whatever I say on any given day that is the truth, and it might change tomorrow. All right? So that leads to a path of destruction. And there are real examples of this throughout human history where nations say to God, we don't need you. We will figure this out on our own. And you know where that leads every single time it leads to spiritual and physical destruction you cannot cite a nation in human history that has rejected god and flourished from human and spiritual standards it does not exist you can find nations that have obeyed god and abided by his standards and have flourished from human and spiritual standards. Let's enter a time of prayer. Lord, we thank you. We celebrate. We are joyful for the Supreme Court ruling that allows states in this land to protect babies from conception to the time they are born and throughout their entire life on this earth, Lord. We rejoice because you rejoice, Lord, at the protecting of human life. May we continue to work to abolish the evil of abortion in every state in this country, in every nation in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. At the height of a Holy Spirit outpouring in Samaria, where the gospel was being preached with great power and droves of people were converting to follow Christ, the Lord instructed Philip to leave Samaria and head south to Gaza. Philip didn't know a divine appointment awaited him. Through his ministry to the Ethiopian eunuch, the gospel would spread to Africa. He left the crowd to serve one. I call this step-down faith. It's easy to step up for the attention and applause of the masses, but do we have step-down faith? Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. 
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. Is your daughter struggling to see God's goodness in the midst of difficulty? Sometimes it is easier to see God's faithfulness when we look back over past circumstances and can see how they worked out for our good, even if we might not have seen it at the time. Read Psalm 78, 1-7 with your family, then make a list of the ways that God has helped or protected your family. All Christians are adopted into God's family. Even if you or your daughter are the first person in your family to become a Christian, all Christians have a lineage that stretches through Jesus all the way back to Adam and Eve. God always keeps His promises to His people, today just as He did in the Bible. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. You can learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. Telling Bibleists, persecuted believers, no, that's one of the hardest things we do at Bible League. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth, and I want to give you an update on our campaign, Stand With Them. You know, Paul wrote, the persecuted, they may be persecuted, but they're not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. You know, for weeks we've been telling you about Christians who are praying for Bibles in order to endure and persevere. Ahmad is in Malaysia. He's a civil engineer, was beaten. When he came to Christ, he's praying for a Bible. Adesh is in Nepal. He's a tour guide near the Himalayan mountains. He was beaten, but he's praying for a Bible in the Nepalese language. And then Einar is in Zimbabwe. She's a widowed mother of three. Her husband was killed by the Boko Haram regime. She's not praying for an end to her suffering. She's praying for a Bible. We're in the final few days of this effort to send God's word to 16,000 Bibleless persecuted believers. We're short of this goal and we need to wrap up in the coming days. So at $5 a Bible, $100 since 20, will you call 800-YES-WORD? 800-YES-WORD. Or give at sendbiblesnow.org. Sendbiblesnow.org. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio.
Welcome back to the court here on American Family Radio. For those who listen frequently, this is Worship Wednesday, and that song you just heard there was from Vertical Worship, More Than I Deserve, talking about God's grace and it is and how it is more than we deserve. AFA at the core, glad to have you back uh, on this uh, segment of the show we have in studio, as we do each Wednesday, my brother, what, what? Wesley Wildman, glad yep, to have yep. you in with me thank on you, the thank show. You. Uh, Wednesdays with Wesley, Worship Wednesdays, man, we've got it figured out. This we is, do. It oh. is it is rolling and rolling well, and, and we have... Hey, well, can I interrupt you? Yes, sir. Okay. It's, it's, it's partially your show during okay, this segment. Okay, you make... Hey, look. I would that one. I, I should quit asking. It's important. I want to tell you. Partially. You calm down now. Okay. All right. Hey, seriously, <laughs> we were in the hallway the other I've day. I've never been told to calm down on my own show, but sorry, keep going. Keep now going. you're now you're interrupting me. <laughs> okay. What I was saying, which yes. was very, which is very important. Okay. Uh, we were in the hallways here in the office on Monday. Just after we left the meeting, a couple guys were in the hallway, and we were just discussing just how much God. The passage of Scripture comes to mind. Let me say it this way. So Galatians chapter 6 says this. Uh, if you don't grow weary, don't grow weary in doing good because in due time you'll reap if you don't give up. Hmm. Think about all the work that the uh, conservative Christians and all of AFA listeners, supporters, of the work that we put in that for the last several years we thought, maybe the last couple of decades, we had to hold each other's arms up. We had to say, from I'm talking about from a from a political legislative position. We yeah. had to hold each other's arms up and say this is worth fighting for. And hmm. as Christians, we had to constantly remind each other we are supposed to be involved in all aspects of life, including politics and all the uh, Supreme Court rulings that came out. I just want to say before we get into this segment, I just want to thank all those that are listening that have supported what we do. And at times, you held our arms up, we held your arms up, and just to remind you that we're in this together, and we are putting together, continually putting together, and have a plan moving forward for what we're going to do for this, because we are going to seize the momentum, we are going to press on, uh, we are going to, we are, we are happy, we're celebrating, we're mm-hmm. going to look at ways that we can influence states to have a day of recognition, Yes, or, or a month of a recognition, month. Yep. nonetheless, that that is for uh, the the overturning Roe versus Wade, and there's some other things that we discussed. Nonetheless, I just want to say thank you, and we've got a plan, and we're going to press forward, and this is just a, this is the beginning. That's right. We're going to keep fighting for life. Hey, uh, Where are we going to jump? Yeah, I want to jump to our guest, Wesley. We have on a great guest with us, Dr. Syed Hadir. He's a creator of mygotodoc.com, and uh, he's been a doctor for several years now. Um, he had um, – uh, worked in the corporate uh, hospital system, treated over 25,000 patients, and he's on the phone with us now to talk about his experience. Uh, Dr. Uh, Hader, welcome to the core. Hey, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Well, uh, t- tell our audience, and I do this with every guest, uh, instead of me telling about you, how about you tell our audience a little bit about your background, uh, your 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 uh, practice, and what you've been doing, and then we'll jump into what you're doing now. Uh, treating people uh, who have been having issues with these shots? Sure, yeah. So, I, like you said, I, I spent about 10 years in hospital medicine practice all around the country, in big and small hospitals all over the place, probably like six or seven different states. I was you know, one of those traveling doctors who was helping out um, whenever somebody would, um, you know, be fired or, you know, um, 
retire or something like that. So I would work for a few months, you know, in every hospital. And so I got a, a great sampling of, you know, hospital experience. And um, and so I kind of saw how healthcare works in the United States. And, and then when the pandemic hit, um, I tried to start prescribing off-label medications for people. And in the beginning, no one was really interested for the first, like, six months. And then around December of um, of that first year of the pandemic, uh, the Senate hearing with Pierre Corey went viral, and he was talking about ivermectin. And then people started it started to get onto people's radars, and and then people started searching it out. And there were very very few doctors in the beginning who were doing it. Even now, there's just way too too few doctors for the you know hundreds of millions of people in this country, let alone outside the country around the world. Um, and so, so I, I got very busy, and, and it became my basically my specialty for the last two years. This is all I've been doing is treating off-label um, for COVID, long-haul COVID, vaccine injuries. Um, at this point, I've treated over six thousand patients who had COVID, you know, the actual infection, uh, with no deaths, which is really re- remarkable when you um, think that when you realize that my practice is really old. I mean. I think primarily 99% of the people in my practice are over 55 years old. Um, so it's not kind of a general population of the U.S. It's, it's old, older people who are much higher risk, and, and there were no deaths despite that fact. Um, also, we only had five hospitalizations out of that. Most of them started, I think all of them started too late, except for one. Um, and his hospitalization wasn't even due to COVID itself. It was just due to a, a side effect of one of the medications he was taking. Um, so I had great results with that. And then lately, I've been doing a lot of um, long-haul COVID and vaccine injuries. And, and I've seen hundreds of those um, and also getting great results with off-label treatments. You know, it's a lot better to prevent this than to end up, you know, having long-haul COVID or a vaccine injury. Um, it's obviously a lot harder to treat something like that, which is a chronic issue once you have it. And it can take anywhere from days to months, you know, and some patients are struggling with it for over a year. Um, some people had the initial COVID infection, they still have symptoms. And then with the with the vaccines, we're, I'm seeing, you know, all, all age groups, really, um, but primarily uh, 30 to 55, that's kind of the, the concentration of ages that I primarily see with vaccine injuries and long COVID. But it can happen to children, you know, in the trials, there was Maddie DeGray, she was severely injured by a vaccine and um and so it's it's not something that that is limited to a particular age group and at this point in the pandemic there's really no good reason to take a vaccine anymore um mm. they don't work they increase your risk of the infection the infection itself isn't you know dangerous nowadays i mean omicron is widespread and it's uh you know i mean it's not like a walk in the park but it's not something that that a vaccine is going to help you prevent or treat or you know, and, and the severity, it's not enough to put most people in the hospital. And another thing that people need to realize, I mean, I'm especially worked up about this rollout of childhood vaccines and mm. vaccines for babies. I mean, it just Spearman. doesn't make any sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're at zero risk for this. I mean, no, no child in America has died from Omicron and no healthy child has died from the beginning of the pandemic. So, you know, parents, I think, have been frightened out of their minds, you know, for two years just with the you know, until the Ukraine war, at least, you know, the media was just 24-7 <laughs> nonstop COVID, yes. you know, fear porn. And um, and so I can, I can kind of understand how people, um, they they can't really see the reality of the facts, right? I mean, you try to tell people that there's zero risk for kids, 
Um, and and, it, and the vaccine doesn't prevent transmission to the grandparents. It doesn't prevent transmission in the schools. It doesn't protect anyone, right? Mm. Um, and so it's kind of like talking to a brick wall sometimes, and it's quite frustrating. So, um, you know, I, I just don't know what to do at this point, how to get the word out. And yeah. I think the people who are already convinced, you know, oftentimes I'm just kind of preaching to the choir. The choir needs to get out and, like, do something to convince other people, right? You yeah. need to spread the word as strongly as possible um, and get maybe creative about it. Um, you know, I, I don't know, right? Yeah. We need to be at this point demonstrating in the streets. We need to be, you know, knocking on the doors of Congress people and, you know, something needs to be done. Yeah. You know, we're just standing by while, while something terrible may be happening to our, not only, you know, the babies and the children, but the entire population, you know, it could be, we don't really know how much it's going to affect our fertility. We yeah. already have data showing that fertility rates have dropped, okay, which is really frightening because they were already too low. We were already not at replacement levels of fertility. And if we continue to drop, I mean, our country's in for a world of hurt, you know, and all yeah. societies really, um, they can't, they will collapse, right, without without replacement levels of fertility. And so th this is quite concerning to me. Yeah, doctor, let me ask you a question and then I'll pitch it over to my brother, Wesley. But um, the vaccine injury part, and I know you're treating people, patients who have been injured by the vaccine. And I've had I've had people who have been injured by the vaccine on my show. Um, uh, tell, talk about that. Talk about some of the top injuries and debunk the myth that this happens in a very minute, small group of people that get this shot. Yeah, so, um, you know, there's kind of a two-part question. I mean, what we're seeing in terms of um, injuries, uh, there's a lot of severe fatigue and brain fog. And, um, I mean, this is to the point where people are disabled. People oftentimes will come to me who were very high-performing athletes and, like, CEOs and, you know, high-powered attorneys, and they just can't work anymore because they can't think straight. Um, and, and then they're just extremely tired at like minimum activity, just like sometimes walking around their house wipes them out, um, let alone like a full day of work. Um, so those are the two really bad things. But there's a whole gamut of symptoms. I mean, there could be a lot of neurological symptoms, you know, obviously the taste and smell loss, sometimes severe ringing in the ears, um, sometimes a vibrating sensation inside your body. So some of these um, things have actually driven people to suicide. And um and that's the most concerning thing that people aren't getting validation, right? They they go to their doctors and they say, you know, I have, I can't sleep, I can't work, I can't think, I, I don't have any energy, I'm depressed, I have anxiety, my heart starts racing, you know, out of the blue, um, I have numbness and I have tingling, and there's this weird buzzing sensation in my body, and there's this severe ringing in my ears. What's wrong with me, right? And the doctor does a million dollar workup and they don't find anything, and then they just tell them it's all in your head, you know, go see a counselor, take some, you know antidepressants or anxiety pills, um, take some sleep meds. And, and, and people are not getting any validation that what they're experiencing is real. And a lot of patients with really severe symptoms, I'm shocked that they don't even themselves make the connection to the vaccine for sometimes months or mm. over a year. One wow. patient I just saw last week, I think, severe symptoms, you know, just kind of that poster child for, you know, he was a high-functioning CEO, he had his own business, was like a competitive cyclist, you know, everything, right? He was doing everything right. He was super healthy, ate well, did everything right. Never been sick, you know, in his life, significantly ill. And and now he's basically disabled. And it took him over a year to make the connection just because there's these blinders. There's these huge blind spots 
because everyone's been so, and I, and I've also spoken to people who are vaccine injured. Most of them that I've seen in the media and spoken to myself still are kind of pro-vaccine. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like they're, they've been brainwashed, thoroughly brainwashed. So, so to get to the second part of the question, how, how, how many people are being injured? So in the, in the Pfizer children's trial, one in 71 children had a serious adverse event. Um, Maddie DeGray and the 12 to 15-year-old's Pfizer trial uh, is basically disabled now. She's paralyzed. She's in a wheelchair. She's on a feeding tube. There were only a few thousand children in that trial. So, so I mean, you're talking about Russian roulette, but it's like instead of one in six chances of death, you know, maybe it's uh, one in 100,000. I mean, who knows, right? Exactly. But you can go to the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System, and you can see that there are 28,000 or 30,000 deaths reported. And what people need to realize is, okay, that's a mix of, you know, vaccine-caused deaths. Maybe there's other deaths that are coincidence. I mean, it doesn't really matter. The, the, the thing that matters is if you take the number that's reported, you have to multiply it by a, a certain, you know, number to get the true number in the population of actual vaccine injuries and deaths. Right. And so studies have been done on this. Studies have been done showing that whatever the number that's reported to VAERS, whatever it is, you know, and again, it's a mix of things that were caused by vaccine, things that weren't caused by vaccine, but it doesn't matter, right? You can just take the number, multiply it by another number, and get the true number of actual vaccine injuries in a population. And so that number that you multiply by is has been estimated by a number of different people to be anywhere from 40 to 100, okay? So um, at, the, at, the, at the lower end of that range, you know, say it's 40, you're talking about, I don't know, like hundreds of thousands of deaths in America just due to the vaccines. At the higher end, you're talking about millions. Um, you know, more than two million. Um, and, and so the, the true number is probably somewhere in the middle. Um, but then for, for just injuries, there's millions reported to bear. So we're talking about anywhere from 40 to 50 million and up Americans who have been injured from this vaccine. And and so th- this is just, I mean, it's, it's something that really needs to be addressed, right? I mean, this is something that's never happened in human history. Such a huge experiment. So far, 5 billion people have been injected, Mm. and we're talking about probably hundreds of millions who have been injured. Yeah. Hey, doctor, we want to have you on again to continue this discussion. It needs to be noted. It needs to be talked about, and people need to be aware of what's going on with these shots. Thank you so much for coming on the court. Thanks for having me. All right. That's Dr. Seed Hidir. He is creator and uh, of mygotodoc.com. We have that link on the core show page at AFR.net on today's episode. We'll be back. Wes and I will be back in just a few minutes. When you hear this. This is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. It's the last place I thought my kids would be exposed to sexual orientation. Disney decided to be politically correct with Lightyear rather than make a family movie about a beloved character. They should stick to entertaining instead of pushing this agenda. It's no accident. Young children are exposed to this issue and others much too early. 
You can urge Disney to stick to family entertainment when you sign the petition regarding Lightyear at OneMillionMoms.com. That's OneMillionMoms.com. In this time, we celebrate that Roe versus Wade has been overturned with great joy. Roe versus Wade has been responsible for the slaughter of over 63 million babies. Now, the decision to abort a child will be left in the hands of the states, and sadly, abortion will continue in the most liberal states. Over the past 16 years, Preborn has positioned their clinics in the top abortion cities where 50% of abortions take place. Preborn's work of saving babies' lives will continue at an even greater level as they fight Planned Parenthood and now defend their centers from the radical hate groups who want nothing more than to shut them down. Preborn's response is entirely dependent on you, the pro-life community. Would you consider a tax-deductible gift of any size? Your gift will save babies' lives and help keep preborn centers safe so they continue their life-saving work. To donate, dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 baby. Or go to preborn.com. Hello? Hey, stranger. Oh, hi. Thank goodness it's you. I was afraid to answer the phone. Why? What's up? The credit card companies are after me. They want me to make payments and the calls never stop. Ouch. Been there before, but I got help from Trinity Debt Management. Trinity? Yeah. I called and right away, Trinity contacted my creditors and got my interest rates cut in half. They ended all the late fees and over-limit charges, and they stopped those annoying phone calls. Bet that was a relief. Yep. Then they put me on a plan that consolidated my bills into one easy monthly payment. That way, I paid off my debt fast while saving thousands. Nice. Trinity even showed me how to plan and meet a monthly budget. So now I'm debt-free for keeps. Wow. Do you still have their number? Sure. Here. Write this down and call 1-800-788-1813. Can you repeat that? 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the core here on American Family Radio. Glad to have you with us today on the show. Well, Wesley's back in studio with me. And uh, Wesley, how about that guest, Dr. Seed Hidir? He was very knowledgeable. I'm thankful for his website and what they're doing. I I don't think he had an opportunity to get into it, but you need to go check out his website because they've got a lot of good resources, both, I mean, just uh, natural vitamin regiments and resources and the ways that they've treated those that have uh, pre-COVID or at the beginning stages of COVID, at the middle of COVID, at the end. And I'm grateful for his work because if you remember, he, along with, you know, a couple hundred other doctors in the whole United States, were just a, which is a small fraction of doctors, mm-hmm. early on within about three to six months going, okay, wait a minute, something's kind of fishy here from a, from a scientific and medical standpoint. Yeah. We need to look into this quicker or we need to look into this more thoroughly before we make laws regulations and all these things yes he was one of those at the front lines and even some of the most conservative christians still were just had a lot of fear naturally makes Mm -hmm. sense uh and then a lot of fear and and a lot of unknown yeah so so we didn't know what to think a lot of people didn't know what to think but they helped they 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 stayed the course and brought a lot of clarity. And brought a lot of clarity uh, through science, yes. through uh, history, meaning over the last, they were looking at things month at a, week by week, month by month. And now we're two and a half years into this, 
And uh, just about every th- time I've heard him talk or listen to him, everything that he said is true. Yeah. Just based on the history. I mean, look, yes. we're two and a half years in. There's not a lot to argue about, not a lot mm. to debate. The yep. numbers are in. Um, and and and, and know, one thing we didn't have a chance to get into. Okay, the 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 debate obviously out there about uh, how well, um, or COVID vaccine injuries, not COVID. How much this or that? The hard reality is COVID is not that big of a deal. Right. For the overwhelming majority of yes. people, which the as we've talked about before on AFR and we've discussed in emails and we've pointed out in our in our in our magazine, and that's that the goalposts have have come, it got continually moved. Yes, from day one to now to the point we have forgotten how all this started. I mean, this was you know whatever it was, ten percent of people are going to die to get COVID. Uh, COVID uh, vaccine was a, a a permanent cure. Yeah, they, you know, they were telling us millions are going to die uh, in the next few years. Oh yeah, I mean the it was days of COVID. The, the drastic uh, things that they presented as a, a, of current or things that were, as as if they were going to happen. Yeah, not speculate definitively. Yes. We've come so far from that that mm-hmm. I just appreciate him coming on and being a part of the network and he- helping provide that much more clarity. Again, check with your local doctor on his recommendations for. Uh, any type of medica- uh, medication. Yeah. Also, go to. I'd make a connection because this gentleman. How do you pronounce his last name? Uh, Doctor Haydeer. 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 Uh, Doctor Haydeer is connected with a bunch of other doctors along the same lines, and these types of doctors are ones you're going to look. They're looking out for your best interest, and they're trying to do so in the most uh, helpful way possible and least uh, medicated way possible, although they believe in medicine. Yes. So go check them out. Walker, thanks for having me on the program, and we'll do it again next week. Absolutely. Thanks, Wesley. And, you know, folks, uh, by the way, his website, and I have this linked on my podcast page at AFR.net, but his podca- his uh, link is mygotodoc.com. So mygotodoc.com. And, folks, it's uh, it's it's so important. You know, it's one thing to have a novel illness and – and the coronavirus in general, generically, is not new. It's been around for a long time. But uh, let's just say the uh, COVID-19 strain uh, is new or was new. Um, that's one thing. And to try to find ways to help people who are struggling with that illness is good. That should be pursued. But we can't throw science in the trash can <laughs> And we can't throw due diligence in the trash can. We have to study stuff, and we've got to know what's going in our body. And that's the case with these shots. You've got to know what's going in your body and what are the long-term effects, side effects of different things, different medications and shots that is being uh, injected into people's bodies. So that's important. We can't uh, ignore that, and proper diligence should be done. Uh, before we are recommending different uh, treatments to individuals. Well, uh, I want to welcome our next guest, Reverend Jim R. Harden. He's a uh, he's the CEO of Compass Care Pregnancy Services in Buffalo, New York. Uh, Jim, welcome to the court. Hey, uh, Jim, are you there? All right, I think I think we must have lost our guest, so we'll we'll see if he decides to come back on the core. Um, moving on to a few other sh- uh, segments that I want to talk about. Um, this is this is out of New York uh, as well. You know, we had the well, you may not know because the media is not covering it, but we're covering it here. But uh, Jeffrey Epstein was the billionaire, which nobody knows how he became a billionaire. That's still a lingering mystery. 
Um, but um, uh, Jeffrey Epstein was arrested uh, one time in Florida several years ago for um, uh, predatory behavior uh, with with minors, and I could get into that. But his associate, and many of you have heard her name, Ghislaine Maxwell is his associate or was his associate that participated in the criminal activity of luring in uh, minors, young girls, underage girls, for sexual activity. So clearly illegal, clearly a crime. Uh, basically, it was sex trafficking is what it was. Well, he, uh, quote-unquote, committed suicide in his prison cell. And I say, quote-unquote, because we really don't know because the camera footage was destroyed, the cameras were destroyed, and nobody knows what really happened. Uh, but nonetheless, his associate is in jail now. She was just sentenced, Ghislaine Maxwell, she was just sentenced to more than 20 years um, in prison um, for her uh, engagement and her participation and assistance in uh, sex trafficking with um, Jeffrey Epstein. So uh, the reason I bring this up is because she, uh, Epstein, uh, and and Maxwell ran around with the DC crowd. They ran around with all the billionaires, uh, many of the billionaires, many well-known people, the Clintons, uh, even President Trump was a, a friend at times with uh, with Epstein and Maxwell. And you could go on and on about all the people that associated themselves with Jeffrey Epstein at some point. But she was charged and put in prison, and uh, charged and convicted and sentenced. To more than 20 years in prison for sex trafficking, and we don't know any individual that she helped uh, traffic these women. There's been no, none of the men that Epstein and Maxwell helped traffic are uh, named in the court case or rather implicated in any other way. So, so what, how do you charge a group with sex trafficking, but you don't go after the men that were paying for the sex trafficking? It's absolutely astonishing and just more protection of the elites. Uh, back to our guest that we do have on the line uh, right now, Rev, uh, Reverend uh, Jim Harden. He's a uh, the CEO of Compass Care Pregnancy Services. Jim, uh, welcome back to the court. All right. Uh, Jim's having technical difficulties today. Or he just doesn't want to be on the court, one of the two. But we'll, uh, we'll skip uh, the interview with uh, uh, Jim today and maybe have him on another day. But back to some other stories I want to get to. Um, this... Um, this clip I'm going to play here, um, it's it's hard to understand, and I could not play it and just summarize it for you. I'll still summarize it for you, but I want to play it just so you know it exists. It's legit. All right, so what you're about to hear is the uh, prime minister of uh, Macron. He's the prime minister of France, and he is at... Uh, he's the president of France, rather, Emmanuel Macron. He's at the G7 summit with President Biden and other world leaders. And he's 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 having this uh, casual, kind of off-the-record, no, no microphones, no press, although they're kind of a little bit away, but they're still in the vicinity, which is how this was recorded. Um, and he, he's talking, like kind of leaning into the president, whispering in, in a very low tone about the oil and the energy crisis and how... 
the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, and uh, other nations in the Middle East, including many OPEC nations such as Saudi Arabia, how they cannot increase capacity. They, they cannot increase production as it relates to oil to help offset these high energy prices. Uh, let's listen to this. Listen very closely to President Emmanuel Macron, president of France, and him whispering to President Biden about how UAE and Saudi Arabia cannot increase production. Clip two. According to us, the Saudis can increase a little bit, but one hundred fifty or a little bit more. They, they don't have huge capacities at this stage before six months time. The last one, the, la the very, the very last point is about uh, what we do on the Russian oil. Okay. It means that we Thank you. All right, so let me let me summarize that for you. Uh, you could hear key words in there. You heard Saudi Arabia. You heard the word production. You heard 250,000 barrels a day. Um, what he basically just told the president, President Biden, this is France's president, by the way, what he just told President Biden a couple of days ago at the G7 summit, and this was not supposed to be recorded, but there were the media was in, in the vicinity, so they were able to, to catch some of it. He told President Biden, who is, who is supposedly trying to get OPEC to increase oil production, he told President Biden that UAE, the United Arab Emirates, which is a very big oil producer in the Middle East, he said they have no more capacity. They have no more production capacity. Basically, they're maxed out. There's no more oil coming out of the UAE except for that which is coming out now. All right, so that's, that's not on the table anymore. Well, what about Saudi Arabia? Okay, uh, President Macron says Saudi Arabia can increase production by about, uh, I don't know, he says about 150,000 to 250,000 barrels a day. Well, that's a lot, Walker. No, that's not. That's pennies in the jar compared to the world demand. All right. So um, Saudi Arabia can increase production by a couple hundred thousand barrels a day, which is not much in the grand scheme of things, uh, which is n not even going to put a dent in the energy crisis that we have now. So so I bring this up to, to tell you that even world leaders, including the president of France, acknowledge that the only option on the table is for the United States of America to increase our energy production in this nation. That is the only option on the, the only viable option on the table to get these energy prices to a sustainable level and to ensure that the world does not have an energy shortage uh, around the world and in the United States. So that, that, that's it. Even the president of France, who's, by the way, a liberal, a globalist, hangs out with all the globalists. Uh, even he's telling the president of the United States, Joe Biden, look, you guys are going to have to increase your production. You guys are going to have to increase your production. And all the while... Uh, these nations, many of these G7 nations, are supposedly not taking Russian oil anymore. All right, so that, that adds to the problem that we've cut off Russian oil from the American market and from other markets. Which I'm not saying I'm against that, but that factors in here. You can't cut off oil from Russia into the U.S., but then say, no, we're not going to increase uh, production. We're not going to increase production. You've got to increase production if we're not going to allow Russia to ship oil 
uh, into the U.S. So this whole energy crisis, if you want to call it that, this whole energy problem was created by the Biden administration. I mean, you take out the Biden administration from this predicament, and then there is no energy crisis, all right? We have uh, some studies. I saw a study the other day that said in Texas alone, in a region of Texas alone, we've got 200 years' worth of oil. So these hoaxes out there that say um, uh, we're we're running out of oil, we're running out of coal, we're going to run out of energy, what are we going to do? We need solar panels and windmills. That's a lie. We're not running out of energy. We're not running out of fossil fuels. We got plenty of fossil fuels. We've got we got at least between two and four hundred years worth of fossil fuels under our feet, and we're sitting here running around like chickens with our head cut off, building windmills and solar panels that don't work. They do not meet the demand needs that this nation has at this current moment. Um, and here we are forcing this nation into an energy crisis, all in the name of climate change and and, and, and all this other nonsense, um, when we've got the energy right up under our feet, we've got the, 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 the supplies, the minerals, the energy uh, right up under our feet to run this country, to run this nation, and we can be an exporter. We can send oil to Europe. Like, okay, Europe, you don't want Russia's oil? That's fine. We'll send you our oil. Uh, but we're not doing that. And, uh, you know, this is, this is, this is not boding well, not just for our country and for energy prices and you and I, the consumer, but this is not boding well for the quote green movement. This is putting a black eye in the whole move to windmills and solar panels. Why? Because every time you mention Hey, let's go in the matter of 12 months, 24 months, let's move to windmills and solar panels to run this nation. You know what everybody's going to think of? The Biden administration. What a disaster the Biden administration was. No, we're not doing that again. So in the long run, folks, this may actually be good for the country. AFA at the core. I'm Walker Wildman. We'll see you next time. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.